Welcome. <clears throat> Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to Gipper.com and find out how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. Like I love to say, it's so easy. Even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content. We also want to thank Huddle for their support. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to elevate the performance of their athletes using video and analytics. I used Huddle for years as a head football coach, and as an athletic director, we were a Huddle school. Our coaches just loved the smart cameras, the online platforms. Uh, the analytics uh, has always been there, but there's so much more. It's also built for every level of play, whether you're a club or youth coach or high school or college or even the pro uh, use huddle to help their athletes perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches you're trying to get to recruit them. If you want to find out more about what huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember at huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank final forms. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but they're more than that. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and they provide your stakeholders with compliance and communication uh, solutions, along with uh, reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance, and for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with certification management for coaches, with eligibility, with rosters, and all the forms that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talked with a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you and your program, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to find out how you can join the Final Forms team. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Hometown Ticketing is the trusted leader in digital ticketing. They help thousands of schools and organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for communities, for their families, and their fans. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And to find out more about how Hometown Ticketing can help you and your program, go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by LifeTrack also connects you with 95% uh, of the parents and the student-athletes who really love your program. And it gives you tremendous positive feedback, but it also helps you identify that squeaky wheel parent or even identify an issue that otherwise you wouldn't know about. If you've never used a survey to connect with the uh, parents, with your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. 
Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to thank snapraise.com for their support. Go to snapraise.com and find out how better fundraising can make better programs. Our coaches used SnapRaise in the past, and it was just fantastic. There's no more uh, selling of products or managing lists. Uh, there's no upfront cost. Uh, your data is secure, and you can track the progress of your fundraiser. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is critical, and the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference can really help you out. As I said, it's easy and effective, it's safe and secure, and you can track the participation. Go to snapraise.com and check out the testimonials and see the thousands and thousands of dollars that they have helped schools and teams raise in the past couple of years. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com for more information. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards not only raise money for your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Our school is one of the first in Florida to have a Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table, and it was just fantastic. Of course, we used it for games, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's a tremendously versatile tool, and their customer service is second to none. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or send them an email uh, to sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Well, we also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments by going to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. The vital signs wall of fame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. This has got to be one of my favorite interviews with uh, one of my favorite people from the past. Our guest is Pedro Padilla. Uh, Pedro and I coached years ago, back in the 90s, uh, at Missouri Valley College. Uh, he's currently the head football coach and the athletic coordinator at Holmes High School in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, got a tremendous um, wealth of experience, and uh, we're going to hear about that. But uh, Pedro Padilla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate it. It's great to always see you. Oh, yeah, we've, yeah. we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm so glad we were able to get you on. And let's go and jump right into it. I know you're a busy guy getting ready for football. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, and kind of take us up to those uh, uh, college years, and, and then we'll take a break and come back and talk about career. But uh, what's the Pedro Padilla story? Well, you know, I started out, been born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. You know, uh, went to, uh, I was in the San Antonio Independent School District schooling uh, 
and you know, and at that time you were at elementary, you knew your feeders. And so I graduated from Burbank High School uh, in SISD in 1988. And the spring of 1988, I had a, had a familiar friend uh, by the name of Greg Purdom, our mentor, uh, one of our mentors, uh, recruited me out of high school. We have a local all-star game and Missouri Valley used to come and just clean up with local San Antonio kids. So in, uh, so my last day of May in high school, I committed to going to Missouri Valley College, a kid that had never been on a plane, uh, that had only been out of the Texas one time. And so it opened my eyes. So there I was. So I ended up having a great uh, four years at Missouri Valley College and uh, letter four years, uh, great playoff experiences. It was also, uh, you know, one of those where it opened my eyes of being a city kid saying there's more to the world than just being in San Antonio. And so it was an experience that I, I to this day, it was, uh, just really kind of set a foundation for what I do. From Missouri Valley College, I graduated in 1992, um, came home, and I went to my first non-competitive, uh, at least coaching football game and uh, realized that I wanted to be a coach. And so uh, decided to go back to school. And once again, Greg Purdom uh, uh, gets me a job at Missouri Valley College. Uh, I was the assistant defensive line coach uh, and then the head defensive line coach uh, for two years. Great success, great staff. That's where we met. Uh, from there, uh, the topic of had I ever considered being a GA came about. Uh, didn't know what it was, and so ended up uh, getting on at Northern State University. And so uh, they were NEI in Aberdeen, South Dakota. One of our coaches had, had been a graduate assistant there. And once again, it opened my eyes to just another world of, of coaching and, and NCAA and NI, the differences sometimes. Um, I was there for a year, and I get a call from uh, Kevin Grage, our mutual friend, and stated if I was interested in moving to Florida with Greg Purdom to Fernandina Beach High School. Uh, so there was a blizzard going on in, in Aberdeen, and I said, I think I can do it. So moved to Fernandina Beach, Florida, just north of Jacksonville with you guys. Uh, defense coordinator, my first defense coordinator position for two years there. And then I had the opportunity to move back to San Antonio, Texas, where I was the head football coach at Edgewood High School. But I'll get into that here in a little bit. But yeah, it was a quick, it was just uh, Burbank High School and Missouri Valley College and kind of set that foundation as a player for me. Yeah, uh, for our listeners, um, hopefully you've heard of Missouri Valley College. Uh, it is, it was then, and it still is, the winningest college football program in America at any level. You know, the highest winning percentage uh, in, in history. And, uh, uh, you know, Pete mentioned Greg Purdom, the head coach and the athletic director. Uh, you know, Pete had played there, had been a, a graduate assistant there, and they were looking for an O.C., and uh, Greg took a chance on a, uh, a high school coach uh, you know, out in Oregon. And uh, we just, uh, we all came together. Just a great time. Just, uh, uh, and again, that was back in 1994. And, you know, here we are, you know, almost 30 years later, still very good friends, still communicate a lot. Uh, it was just a great, great experience uh, professionally as well as uh, personally. And, and Pete, uh, Pete had an interesting college football career. He, you, he started uh, as a defensive back and uh, ended up finishing uh, his playing career as a defensive lineman. You don't, don't see that metamorphosis. Uh, take us through that real quickly. Uh, how did that happen? 
<laughs> well, you know, I, I got recruited. I played linebacker, running back in high school. And then uh, Greg decided, Coach Berm decided that uh, uh, being a linebacker probably wasn't, I wasn't big enough, but I was quick enough to play a uh, strong safety. And so uh, with Coach, the head coach at that time was Ken Gibbler. And uh, we were the old school, you know, weak eagle defense. And I was that monster linebacker. Well, uh, Coach Gibbler ended up passing away, and uh, uh, Coach Purdom became the head coach, and we brought in defense coordinator by the Jim Cox. And Jim was a student of the Bears' 46 defense. And so we went from uh, safeties to linebackers, linebackers to D-line, and uh, fast guys that could run in the secondary. And so as I progressed, uh, I think my position went with my weight, uh, I started off as 190, and by the time my senior year, I was going about two 220. And uh, but you know we were very quick that that year. Uh, you know we had a four and six season, but we led the nation NIA in in uh, total defense. And so uh, it was a great experience. And, and I'll be honest with you, it really did set my foundation as a defensive coordinator of how you can get smaller players to play at a very high level. No, absolutely. You know, when uh, I went on uh, after Missouri Valley to become a head coach at a couple of different schools, you know, that uh, 46, that Missouri Valley ambush defense, uh, you know, that came with me and uh, kids just loved it. And, and we had some good success for our listeners. Our guest today is Pedro Padilla. He's the head football coach and the athletic coordinator at Holmes High School in San Antonio, Texas. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to Gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. As I like to say, it's so simple, even I can do it. Uh, our uh, podcast announcements are all on Gipper templates, and you can start putting those templates to work for you. Go to Gipper.com for more information and start creating world-class marketing content. Welcome back everyone. We're visiting with Pedro Padilla from Holmes High School in San Antonio, Texas. You know, Pete, I, I think your career, you know, has followed, uh, you know, that let's say traditional pattern, you know, coaching, uh, you know, some teaching in there. Uh, but at one point, you know, you make that move to the other side of the desk uh, as an athletic director, as an athletic coordinator. How did that all play out? And uh, how is it going so far uh, at your new school? Well, you know, it, it, you're right. You know, it started as, uh, even as a player, you know, I was very fortunate at Missouri Valley to be uh, close with our athletic director. And when you're in a small college atmosphere, you get that, uh, you get that idea that uh, there is a, a uh, it's the first time I think in, in uh, any athlete's uh, career where you actually see somebody in charge of both male and female sports and to uh, to be able to identify that they're that you're important to them as well. It's not just male sports. It's not just female sports. It's not just football, which there seems to be a, sometimes a, a stigma with that. Uh, and, and then moving along in my career, you know, I was very blessed that when I left um, Ferdinand Beach, Florida as my first high school job. Uh, and, and even there, you know, uh, my first phase of a high school athletic uh, director, you know, and, uh, and so moving along, I think as I grew and I, I, I became a head football coach at 27 years old when I left uh, Florida. 
And uh, I realized what you said, it, what we always say is, uh, I thought I knew everything and I found out I didn't know anything. And really it, it was uh, it was a great experience. Uh, loved being a district, it was an Edgewood ISD here in San Antonio. Uh, but it was, a, it was a learning curve for me. It was understanding my role. And, and I think when you, one of the things that I've picked up through the years and, and I'll talk a little bit more as we move along, it's the, the mindset that yes, coaching is important, but as you move into that coordinator role, uh, it's about the big picture and it's about thinking as an administrator. Uh, when I was 27, I didn't know that, you know, at 27, I thought, well, if I win football games, everybody will love me, you know, and, uh, and I found out it, it doesn't matter whether you win or whether you lose. If you don't set the foundation, uh, you're just not going to be happy. Your parents are going to be happy. The kids are going to be happy and the staff's not going to be happy. And so for me, uh, I think it was a tough life lesson that I had to learn at an early age. Uh, as I moved on and, and continued, uh, got out of that head coaching role. I made it my point that in every position that I took from that point on, that I would do my best to help at least the head coach uh, in their role as uh, anybody that was an athletic coordinator as well. Uh, so when I left Edgewood, I ended up going to Bernie ISD uh, right outside San Antonio. Uh, started off eight years, the home of the Greyhounds and worked from some really good head football coaches. But more importantly, I, I worked for a great athletic director by the name of Stan Leach. Now, Coach Leach was the athletic director about two years before I got there, and uh, I got there in 2000. And, you know, what? even in that uh, learning curve for me, you see decisions that he had to make, and probably at, even as a coach that had been a head coach, there's some things I was like, I don't see it. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, but, you know, he always came with uh, try to be a compromise of a win-win situation, and don't put yourself in a situation that you can't get yourself out of. I think we also, uh, we have a lot of pride in, in what we think we is the right thing. And sometimes we don't uh, open up ourselves to other people. And, and Coach Leach was very good about listening to people. The most important lesson I think that he ever taught me was just listen. Don't add to the conversation because sometimes we say things that the parent didn't even think about or the kid or we add. Uh, and so that, that was an important lesson for me as we moved along. I moved to Northside, and once again, I went from a one-town school to now, at that time, there was 10 high schools. And once again, you know, you 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 coach, and, and I'll be honest with you, I was still in that phase of my life where God, wins are, are still important. You know, uh, I was probably 10, uh, 15 years, still hadn't been, I, I understood the AD part, but still not all the way. And then... Uh, Moving to, uh, I was at uh, one school in Marshall High School here in Northside, and then I moved to uh, Holmes High School, where I'm currently at. This is the place that changed my career. It changed my life, my perspective. And I was a defensive coordinator. My head coach, his name is Eddie Salas. He was actually my assistant coach at Bernie. He becomes the head coach and uh, offers me a defense coordinator position. At Holmes High School, we are a Title I school. Uh, we are uh, classified as a low economic. Uh, and so, once again, it, it, our purpose has always been to, to build people, and this was the perfect groundwork for me, uh, where it was, an, it was an opportunity to be put in a situation where you had to change your process of what is success. What are the things that we see that uh, we can uh, – build on what can we get data on 
Uh, and so through our, the leadership we had and through our leadership, uh, we have Stan Lang, who's uh, really involved in our uh, Texas High School Coaches Association. He He's really led the league of uh, creating our our brand of who we are, not, not in the win-loss area, but our commitment to our kids to help them see hope and value on a daily basis. And so for me, it changed my life. It moved me along and it gave me uh, a purpose and a actually goal when it comes to doing that. Um, ended up leaving Holmes High School, moved on to a brand new high school named uh, Harlan High School. And once again, it was a brand new school, uh, a little bit further outside of San Antonio. Uh, demographics changed a little bit. But what I found out was the need was still there. It didn't matter, oh, excuse me, whether it was a Title I um, or whether it was a, uh, a school that was a little bit more uh, in a different area, the kids still needed to be taken care of. And so uh, I continued that philosophy, continued. And I'll be very honest with you, I had applied for, for different jobs. And I tell everybody that number one, I had a practice applying and I, I caught myself when I knew I was successful in my interviews, when I started thinking once again, as an athletic director, not as a head football coach. And that really changed it. So now coming back to Holmes High School, that is really the, the philosophy that I take in that as we move in, what is best for kids at all costs? You know, kids are the most important things. Adults are adults. We've taken care of ourselves. Uh, but what I have found out is being an athletic coordinator you tend to deal with adults more than you do with the kids. And I really have to make time because I am the head football coach. I have to make sure that I set my clock and make time for those kids when, when they're with us. Yeah. Again, I, I can look back at many stops in my career where those same things were going on. Um, you know, you, you talk about uh, listening. Uh, I've said this many times, you know, that's something I wish I would have learned much earlier in my career, you know, the, the value of just, and I, I use this in my presentations. Now I'll tell coaches, shut up and listen. Okay. Uh, just so valuable. And on those, you know, the, the focus on winning, you know, you, you and I, you know, we were very successful programs. You know, we've been a part of many successful programs. We all want to win, but you know, you're absolutely right. When you start, you know, when you put that focus on the kids uh, and you start doing all those other things, the wins, generally follow you know it, it's not the goal you know winning's not the goal uh it's just an outcome of doing all those things right yeah really good stuff for our listeners we're visiting today with pedro padilla the athletic coordinator and the head football coach at holmes high school in san antonio texas we're going to take another break but we'll be right back this is the educational ad podcast we also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the trusted leader in digital technology. Hometown helps thousands of schools and organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, their families, and their fans. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And to find out more about how Hometown Ticketing can help you and your program, go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, once again, our guest is Pedro Padilla from Holmes High School in San Antonio, Texas. Pete, you already alluded to a couple of the 
mentors that you've had in your career. And, uh, you know, none of us get to where we're at on our own. You know, there's always, uh, you know, a couple of people there patting us on the back or kicking us in the butt. So uh, who are some of the people that uh, have helped you along the way? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think, to be honest with you, I, I really feel like it even goes back to my middle school years. You know, uh, I think right now, uh, especially, you know, being, po I say post-COVID, we're still in a somewhat of a COVID area. We're finding that those kids at that early age, their first relationship outside of the home is their teachers and their coaches. And I was very blessed in, in the SISD that I had, uh, you know, I still remember them, Coach Long and Coach Kelly. And uh, there was a couple of, uh, they, they were just tough men that expected, you know, I always laugh because I think now we, we see a lot of books and we see things that talk about character development. I tell them when I see them and, and uh, some of them have passed is you were doing character development before it was a thing, you mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, we, we were the, I think coaches were the lead when it comes to our learning groups and in, in education. But so those two men were that foundation. I think it's important because they're the ones that made me love the sport itself, love playing multiple sports. Uh, moving on to high school, uh, Gary Sutton was my high school coach. And I'll be honest with you, I was not a good kid. Uh, I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't mean or anything. I was just mischievous and made some bad decisions. And if it wasn't for Gary Sutton and George DeLeon, who's still to this day, both are my mentors, uh, they, I wouldn't be where I'm at. There, there's no doubt. I tell everybody they, the, those two men saved my life as a youth. Uh, because they took the time, they built relationship with my parents. My parents, so they still love them, still ask about them, and, and I'm very blessed that they're still in my lives. And then uh, they they really kept me going and, and promoted me playing other sports. And so those were the foundations, I think, as a uh, outside of my own father, uh, the men in my lives that helped it. And and we had some great female coaches too. Uh, Julia Castillo was the uh, girls volleyball coach. She was my English teacher. Uh, she ended up becoming an athletic uh, director later. And same thing, the, the, the influence on my life to create that personal relationship really set that foundation. Now, going into college, you know, obviously, and I've mentioned, you know, Ken Gibbler, uh, one of the uh, best people I've ever met in my life uh, at Missouri Valley College. He was so patient, uh, but firm. And one thing I learned about him is he always said, you know, a man is only as good as his word. And to this day, I, I still think about that is, you know, you do what you say uh, and uh, and say what you do. Let people know about it. And so it, it was one of those that it was uh, once again, I, I had never met a man like that. That was so true and, and pure in his thoughts. And uh, that was in the day when, you know, you had dress code and, you know, you didn't cut your hair. You couldn't get on the bus, you know, and uh, and then, you know, obviously Greg Purdom and I know, you know, you, you've given a shout out uh in the athletic director's toolbox, you know, Greg to many of us, uh, I, you know, for good, bad, what he, he was kind of the standard for a lot of us. Uh, you know, you took things you liked, took the things you didn't like, and he was okay with that. He, he promoted that uh, he is who he is and, you know, take what he does well. And if you don't like it, don't do it, you know? And so, uh, he, he really was a foundation because, you know, we talk here in Northside about going beyond the game for, for our kids. And Greg did that. He took a personal investment in my life. Uh, he changed my life. Uh, he changed my coaching path. He changed my career. Uh, I, I could not say enough words, you know, again, when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame 
at Missouri Valley College. I couldn't say enough good words. Uh, I was unfortunate I couldn't go there because I was in season, but I told him I blamed him because he made me a coach. Uh, but you, you really, I can't say enough of the influence that we have on our, our kids uh, because that one little word, it might be a two minute conversation could last a lifetime. And he was definitely one of those that uh, once again, I could not say enough positive things about him and, and I'm just blessed to have him alive. The other thing I think what, what Greg did is he brought a great staff together. You know, um, that was a good group. I was very blessed at a very early age. And, and, I, and I'll tell you something, Coach, is that what we're finding out is people are getting out of our profession. And it's tough as educators. It's, it's tough athletically. You guys did a great job of, of mentoring me, of making me like coaching, making me like the idea that it's okay to if you're going to spend time away from the family, make it worthwhile and make it for the right reasons and to enjoy that we work with each other, because I think that was important. You guys were all role models as husbands, as fathers. Uh, it, 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 it really kind of said, okay, you can have it all and you can do things that you want to do and still give the kids and not lose focus on who you are as a person and at home. And, and obviously it's great when we have supportive families as well. Uh, you know, I, with you guys at Missouri Valley College, uh, you know, I think the next two men in my lab were, were Dennis Miller and uh, Ken Heupel. Uh, Dennis was the head coach at Northern State University. Uh, uh, one of the just nicest men I, I'd work around. Uh, very smart. Uh, he was the first doctor uh, that I knew of uh, that was a coach. Uh, I didn't know guys were doctors as coaches. I was like, oh, okay. So uh, it also helped me strive. And that's where I, you know, when earning my master's degree, and then, uh, you know, working with Ken Heupel, uh, you know, Ken, uh, Ken and I were, uh, I was his assistant coach and he taught me about being tough and, but still being able to love and care for people. Uh, you know, sometimes if you're a, a young guy and you don't see that, uh, you don't understand what they're meaning. And, and Ken would always be very kind of tough with us as coaches, but what the bottom line I got from him is, if you're if you don't do things right, you're cheating the kids out. And that was something that I always I still remember this day is just do things right, because if not, the kids that are the only ones that suffer. Uh, moving along, I mentioned before uh, Stan Leach at Bernie ISD, just uh, detriment. He's just one of the the uh, great guys, you know, you know, he's very uh, involved in our in his local church, FCA. That was another thing that I wasn't involved with. Uh, he did coaches devotionals. You know, those were just things that I learned. And then uh, had a couple of head coaches there. Uh, one in particular, uh, 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 Danny Threadgill. And, and Danny was uh, just a mentor in terms of uh, helping me kind of uh, be it. Hey, you can uh, be flexible. Uh, you can uh, make sure you surround yourself with good people. And, you know, and Danny was just that guy that taught you how to be a head coach. Even when I left Danny, I kind of apologized. because I said, Danny, I should have done more as an assistant, uh, but a great person. And then finally moving into SISD, or excuse me, I'm sorry, Northside ISD. A question I got asked when I when I first came to Holmes High School was, uh, Eddie Salas was your assistant coach at Bernie. How does it feel for him to be your athletic coordinator now? And my answer to that was simple. I believe that I was a mentor to Eddie Salas to help him become the athletic coordinator because of my experience. Uh, I helped him uh, grow into that role because I took care of the football things. I took care of some other things that he needed to grow into that position. 
and now you know he, he's he's uh, he just got onto our board for our Texas High School Coach Association. So, you know, those are things. And then finally, uh, that is Stan Lang. Uh, Stan Lang is you know Northside ISD uh, coaches. We're the fourth largest district in San Antonio. Uh, excuse me, I take that back. Gee, state of Texas. Uh, we're the fourth largest district. And so Coach Lang has sit down and uh, we have our Beyond the Game program where we sit there and we make sure that we are diversified in, in what we're teaching our kids. What are we providing for them that is outside the X's and O's, going beyond the game? And so, you know, to set that foundation, know what the goal of our district is, it really puts us at ease to know that, yes, once again, the wins and losses is our goal but our purpose to make sure that we develop character into our kids and then make sure that they're successful adults when they leave us. And so, you know, those were the men in my lives as coaches, as, as uh, athletic directors, as head coaches. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot that I've left out, but there, there's plenty of uh, men and women in my life that have made a difference and uh, in different phases of my career. And I'm just blessed to be in a situation where I'm back in this role again, and I can use my 29 years of experience to, to kind of formulate my plan here at Holmes High School. No, absolutely. Our regular listeners know I say this all the time, but I just love listening to the stories and, you know, the, the people that uh, are important to each one of us. And, uh, you know, you look back, I mean, obviously I look back on those Missouri Valley days, you know, with great, great fondness. Um, I, I think one of those keys, you know, that you talked about, you know, about, you know, being happy is, you know, finding that fit. And I, I think I did a pretty good job as a head coach, but I think my best fit was that assistant coach, you know, that coordinator where I, I really felt part of a team, you know, and you alluded to it, you know, Greg, you know, he had high expectations, but he kind of let you alone, uh, you know, do your job. You know, I've got other things to do. You know, you do your job. Uh, I know that was uh, coach Doolin's phrase, you know, do your okay. job on defense, but uh, very cool stuff. Thanks so much for sharing that for listeners. Our guest is Pedro Padilla. He's the head football coach and the athletic coordinator at Holmes High School in San Antonio. We're going to take another break. I know, but uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsors that make this possible. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Final Forms for their support. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but they're more than that. Final Forms is a team. It's technology. And they provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this with secure language translation. You know, it's time for you to take the next steps and talk to someone who's walked in your shoes. Find out what Final Forms can do for you and your program. Go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started on the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Pedro Padilla, the athletic coordinator at Holmes High School. Pete, you've been doing this for a long time. You mentioned, you know, almost 30 years and you're just getting started. Um, we've got a lot of younger ADs, many who are 
just literally taking their very first job in athletic administration. And I think it's important to kind of talk about those first steps. So, you know, you took the job at uh, Holmes in January. What were some of the first things that you did coming in as the new athletic coordinator? Well, you know, I, th- I think it's important when you come in to, number one, be who you are. And I think that as we are as individuals, we, we, our actions really determine who we are. And, and as long as we're consistent in those, uh, because just like the kids, people can, they want to see transparency. Uh, they don't want uh, somebody coming in and telling us false stories or, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to say the word uh, being dishonest, but just being honest and upfront of your expectations. Uh, and I think too, it, uh, one of the biggest things is you, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, and, and to live with that. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've been here since January. I've had great days. I've had great weeks and I've also had bad days and bad weeks. Uh, my athletic director, Stan Lang tells me that just reminder that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to put things away and sit there and go, okay, my day is over, go home and be people, the other dad and the husband. Um, and I think those are the big things I had to learn very early on is, you're not going to solve the world's problems in, you know, overnight, uh, but also uh, that you're going to have to be able to put that time together to manage it uh, as a administrator, uh, as an educator, knowing that you answer to other people, but also knowing that people answer to you and also know that your words matter. I think that was one of the things that I uh, first day that I, I told a coach, Hey, I need to see you. And when he walked in, and I'd known this guy for 10 years uh, as, a, as a, a coach along with myself. And he said, Coach, what did I do wrong? I said, nothing. I just wanted to see you. He goes, oh, thank God. He goes, Coach, your words matter. And it really opened my eyes to the role that we have and the obligation we have to make sure that what we say is, is real and what we say means things because now it affects a lot of people. And so early on when I got here was – trying to just let the coaches know who I am, what I am about. And, and the, the two things that I always say is I'm honest and I have integrity. And uh, hopefully through my actions as we move along that I can share, that I can show people that that's who I truly am. Um, Boy, um, I, I still remember one of my very first jobs uh, as a teacher and a coach in a middle school and uh, the athletic director. Um, it was never good morning. It, it was never, how's it going? It was, I need to see you. And just those words just, you know, were chilling. And sometimes it was good. Uh, you know, as a young coach, you know, sometimes it wasn't good, but uh, I, I just told myself kind of subconsciously, I'm never going to use that phrase in that way. You know, I need to see you because it, it was just so defeating. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I think too, that, like I said, it's learning process as we go along. I think that anybody that's new into it, and, and like I said, I've been blessed, even though I, I was in this position, being a, a coordinator director at an early age really taught me that there's a lot to learn. And I think, you know, even you doing this, you get some ideas, you know, uh, I, I think one of the things that we also have to be very, and when we talk about honesty is what are things you're good at and what are things you're not good at? Um, I think those are the key factors that I'm still in the process of going, you know what, not only that, you know, one of the things we talk about is communication. And I, in my mind, I'm going like, well, I'm really good at it. 
Well, there's a lot more to it, you know, and especially when you talk about people and personalities, uh, sometimes things mean different things to different people. And, and I'm learning that. I'm learning that I heard you, but did I understand you? I think there's a big difference. And so I think as a, as a new coordinator, understanding that, and, and obviously, and, and I know you've, uh, you've had a lot of people mention this in your book, is uh, being open. Don't shut people out because there's a lot of people smarter than us making this, that can make decisions. And to be able to learn how to delegate, and, and those are things that I'm working on as, a, as an athletic coordinator because I'd always been the guy to do doer. And now I have so much more on my plate, I have to really learn and, and I'm getting better at it to be able to delegate and, and to communicate freely. But I think knowing your strengths and weaknesses and being open to those strengths and weaknesses and not to take anything personal from your, from your bosses uh, when, and then also make sure that you have empathy for those that are working with you and for you. Oh no, absolutely, boy! You're you're sharing all these tools. You got to save a couple of those for your uh, toolbox oh, segment at the end. Okay, uh, for our listeners, our guest is Pedro Padilla, the athletic coordinator and the head football coach for Holmes High School in San Antonio. Another quick break, but we'll be back. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help elevate the performance of their athletes using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They've got online tools. They've got smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and colleges. And even the pros use Huddle to help their teams play at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches, the college teams you're trying to get to recruit them. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone. Our guest is Pedro Padilla from Holmes High School, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, Coach, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some things that you have done at your schools, or maybe you've seen them at other schools, but uh, what are some things that when you take a step back, you can say with equal parts pride and humility, boy, we really do a great job with this. Uh, do you have any best practices you can share? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I am at a Title I school, and I think there's a, sometimes there's kind of labels that go along with Title I is, uh, you know, poor and low, you know, we cannot, it, it just means that, that our kids get free lunch and breakfast. I mean, that's really it. We do get some state money that helps out with teachers and uh, to promote different groups. One thing I think we do really well, especially, um, I, I'm very proud of it, and, and I'm still looking at the data that I'm, I'm collecting is how much we are involved with the community. Holmes High School, uh, I had mentioned uh, off, off our cast, was at one time uh, number one team in the nation. You know, they had very success in their early 80s and 90s, and uh, as, this, as the district has gotten larger, uh, we have become more of a city school. But we are still, what I would say, one of the lead schools when it comes to helping out our community. I say Holmes High School is the Times Square of Northside. This place is 24-7. Uh, 
Uh, we open up our community uh, to feel welcome. This is the, the what well, I say, it's a community within the community. We do a lot of food drives uh, to help out. Our kids collect, our kids uh, distribute. We work with the food bank. Uh, when when all the pandemics are hitting, uh, Northside took the lead in San Antonio and we're able to serve uh, not hundred, but thousands of meals. And our kids were out there in the forefront. Uh, and, and we still continue that. Uh, one of the things I think we're proud of continue is once again, is even going to our middle schools and to our elementaries. Uh, we have a, what we call a transition coach where coaches are in charge of really being the liaison between the high school and the middle school. Uh, we help that transition. Uh, we have a male and female that go and we talk about character development. We talk about expectations. You know, that middle school time is very important for us. So what we don't want is the first time the kids see our face is when they get to high school. You know, we, I think sometimes we use that tactic, well, wait till you get to high school. It's going to be different. Well, our goal is to make sure it's not that different and to make sure that we have friendly faces, but also have high expectations. I think kids, when they go from six middle school coaches here in, in uh, Northside to uh, on, on one side of the, um, on the male side or the female side, then they come to 30 coaches. It's a big difference. It's a big jump. And so we do, we have a transition coach. And then we also do go and do elementary mentoring. We work with uh, communities and schools here in San Antonio, which uh, provide services uh, for, for uh, at-risk students and for all the students on, on, on campus. And we identify kids that need athletics. And so what we do is we'll pair them up with the high school kid. We'll have topics of character development. They'll discuss 10, 10 minutes, you know, they're little kids, and then we'll go play. They'll do some sports, some activities. Some will just sit and talk. And what we find is those kids will tend to share with our with our athletes just how they're feeling. And, and it's, a, it's a good role model. And it shows our kids that you are a role model and that you are more than just an athlete. Uh, to these kids, you're their heroes. Uh, you're the ones that they desire to be. And so I've been very proud of our, our kids. Anytime, and the school district knows this, anytime they need help, we're there and we're there in, in but we'll get 35 to 40 kids uh, without any hesitation. And so I'm very proud of that fact because even though our community probably in some areas needs service, we've definitely grown the, the idea that we need to serve others. And this is this has been a, a tradition at Holmes High School and I, I look forward to continuing carrying this on. You know, those are such great ideas. And again, you know, most of my career post Missouri Valley uh, was in private schools that most, most of the time were K through 12. And so it was normal for our kids and our coaches to have those outreach programs down into our own middle school and even into the elementaries to start creating that brand loyalty and that awareness and introduce the coaches. And I was amazed that more public schools didn't follow that model to you know create those relationships uh ahead of time uh so it sounds like you're you're really doing a great job with that and also you know reaching out into the community so important uh uh that it's it's service first and then oh by the way you know how can we help you out so yeah really cool once again for our listeners our guest is pedro padilla the head football coach and the athletic coordinator for holmes high school san antonio texas gonna take another quick break but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards 
not only create revenue for your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Our school is one of the first in Florida to have a sideline interactive indoor scoring table. And it was just fantastic. We used it for home games. We also used it for pep rallies, used it for signing ceremonies, tremendously versatile tool and their customer service was just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or send them an email to sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Um, Coach Padilla, a hundred years ago, when I was in high school, um, you know, our coaches would say things like, you know, come on, Jake, you got to suck it up. Or come on, Jake, you got to be tough. And we kind of knew what they meant, and we we did it. Uh, in the many years since then, okay, we've learned, I think, far better ways to communicate with our kids and our athletes. But I still feel that toughness is an important uh, trait and something that we should help kids develop. So how can we help kids to develop toughness while at the same time be sensitive to the the social emotional challenges that a generation z kid experiences that you know you and i never had to go through uh do you have any advice for us yeah i think that's a great question you know and and you know i i mentioned this i, I had a coach's retreat uh last week where football coaches we were able to get away for a couple of days and we discussed this you know uh, i you know you, you hear that term old school and, and i think that's a false term sometimes because they will Coaches could say what they wanted and when they wanted. And that was true. I mean, I'm not going to say it didn't happen out there, but also there was a lot of good men that, that said great things. That, that's why we became coaches. I think if it was so miserable, we probably wouldn't have gone into the profession. So I think also when we look at the, the term toughness, there, there's two parts that I look at it. I look at the physicality, obviously, and, and more importantly, the mental toughness that we talk about. You know, we're, we're growing up, uh, uh, their kids are growing up with social media where they have to have constant instant feedback. One of the things that I have found that I think it's very difficult is kids do, uh, have a hard time seeing, uh, I'll give you an example in football, uh, one kid messes up and well, everybody's got to do an extra sprint or an up down, whatever it is. Kids have a hard time with that. Wait a minute. I didn't mess up. He messed up. Uh, that's why I love team sports so much because it develops that idea that we're a team that one mess up does affect a lot of people. And, and I do think that that's what sports do. I still, I tell people this, uh, in my opinion, besides the military, we're really one of the first activities that kids have that show discipline and honor and integrity and, and toughness. And so when I look at that, I think also it depends on schools you're at. I think when, that culture of toughness, it may be where you grow up. I'll give you a great example. What I tell people about kids at Holmes High School, I don't have to worry about their toughness in terms of they'll, they're not going to back down from anybody. You know, some of our kids have to walk home in, in certain areas. They're just not great sometimes. Uh, so it's not like they're afraid of a lot of things. They're not afraid of some opponent, you know, in another helmet, that's for sure. What I have to work on is the toughest of the mental toughness. Can you handle pressure? You know, I live in a community in, in San Antonio in general, a high Hispanic population where we have this term machismo, where you hold everything in. And uh, sometimes you got to get that out of kids. It, it's okay. It's okay to let us know how you feel. And so I think some of the things I work on is it's not so much the physical part, but it's the mental of going, all right, 
I asked the kids this question. I thought it was very, uh, it was a very odd question for them. I said, how do you want to be coached? And they all looked at me like I was crazy. They go, coach, what do you mean? You know, coach yells at us, they yell at us. If they just tell us, they tell us. I said, well, it's important because not, it's not a one shoe fits all. You have to understand the individual and you have to be vocal. And to me, it's part of being the, the grow up process is say what you want, because if not, people will just do what they want to do. And so when we talk about toughness, it's the communication for them to understand that you can, you can say yes, you can say no, and it's okay. Uh, and then as, and then the, the other part of it, you know, when I went to another school that was a little bit, I would say off economically as, as a whole, one of the things I would tell even the parents is how do you make kids who have had everything they wanted in life tough? And my, my family included, you know, they've, they've got the private school, they've got the, the AirPods, they've got the shoes. How do you make them tough? Because they're not walking to school these days. They're not, you know, they're doing these things. So to me now, it's the work that they have to put in at your practice. And more importantly, which I think our society is kind of falling a little bit, is the expectations. I say the kids will rise to the expectation if you set the standard. Uh, now it's not easy and it's not, you know, it's not always perfect, but if you always tell them, I, I was, when kids get in trouble or something happens, I said, look, this is the expectation. Do you understand? And if they say yes, then okay. Now from this point on, let's learn and grow from it. Those are the skills that I think our kids are not learning. You know, it's, Hey, if it's not a like, they don't love me. Uh, if, you know, if I don't smile the right way and, uh, one of the terms my good friend Eddie Salas we always talk about is you know you open up you look at a brand new refrigerator, you open it up and you you've got choices, but if you go to the back you might say you see, see some rotten fruit in there, and so we don't get the core in there and go man what makes this kid tick, we'll never challenge them and see how far we could push them to be tough, and so that's where the relationship part comes in is some kid. I don't even have to tell him. I had a kid here that I get here at 630. He's here at six. You know, I've got other kids and, and coaches that, you know, you said, hey, well, 630, I'll be here at 630. You know, there's there's a different mindset that I think if you set the standard, the kids, but a lot of it comes with relationships and expectations and going back to you don't know what you don't know. And I think it's important that uh, even with within the teams, uh, I always hear this, come on, freshman, get equipment or freshman, do this or freshman. Do that. I said, well, do you know that kid's name? Well, no. Okay. Well, no, then introduce yourself, have a relationship within the program. So that kid goes, okay. So when that kid's a senior, he's telling a kid the same thing. Hey, Bobby, make sure you pick up that bag or, you know, lately set the standard, you know, and that's really one of the things I feel that when it comes to toughness, uh, we have to have, it's the expectation that makes the toughness, and then obviously the journey to get there is, is what we do as a living. Yeah. You, you hit on so many important things there. Uh, you know, the communicating, you know, well, this is what we mean by tough, you know, building those relationships so you can be tough and explaining, as you said, to kids and to parents, you know, Hey, you know, this is, there's, there's a toughness component to this experience. Uh, and, you know, do you understand that? Very, very good stuff. We're going to take another quick break. We're almost done with our breaks, but we got to do them. Uh, this is the Educational Lady Podcast. Please stay with us. We also want to say thanks to our newest sponsor, SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com 
and see how better fundraising can make your program better. Get away from the headaches of the past. No more selling products or managing lists or inventory. Okay? Snapraise.com is one of the best fundraisers that you can choose for your group. Our coaches used it for years and it was just fantastic. Put the Snapraise digital fundraising difference to work for you. It's easy and effective, it's safe and secure, and you can track participation and progress. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands of dollars that they have helped teams and athletic departments raise over the years. Get your program growing with snapraise.com. If you change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you, you're going to be amazed with the results. Go to snapraise.com and see what they can do for you and your athletic program. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Coach, one of the questions we've been asking almost since the very beginning has to do with this idea of social awareness. So you've already talked uh, a lot about, you know, your school's uh, large population, uh, Title I. Uh, that's certainly one aspect of, of social awareness. But how can we do a better job with our stakeholders, with our kids, our parents, our coaches? Uh, how can we do a better job of being socially aware? Well, you know, I, I think once again, you know, when, when we talk about the, the learning and, you know, here we have our, our, our uh, PLTs, which we, we come together as groups, as departments, and we make sure that we, we have the big plan and how we're going to set the lesson out. Well, we know that in our society that the coaches have really taken that lead. That's the way we organize our practices. We have the big idea. We break off an individual, how we're going to teach it, come together as a group, and then hopefully the team aspect takes control. And, and the reason I, I bring this up is, and, and I will, once again, I'll use sports as a great example. You know, I just, a book I just read, you know, The, the Locker Room, and, and it really talks about America's locker room. And it's, it's important for me because I think that we have the tools as athletic directors, as athletic, as coaches, to set the tone, not only what we do inside our playing area, but to create this environment outside of our playing area. You know, we know that when we go into our team meetings, uh, there is a diverse group of kids. There's some, once again, that are well off. Some may have economic challenges. Some are single parents. Some live with grandparents. Uh, we have military. There's a lot of things that we have to take into idea where we sit there and we, we look at how does our team work and how do we kind of eliminate some of those maybe negative ideas uh, and create that winning attitude? Well, moving out into society and, and even with our kids, I think it's important. Once again, I, it goes back to the, the relationships and with the understanding. I think coaches have done a great job, especially through the years of, of understanding the social movement. As we know, sports plays a big role in the social movement. I mean, you see the NFL, the NBA, excuse me, uh, see the women's basketball, the women's soccer. These are all sports that have taken stands to understand that there's something wrong. There's something that's maybe wrong. But we also live a, the greatest country in the world where we need to understand that there are a lot of mistakes and we have to grow as, as a country. And it, to me, going back to uh, athletics and the role it plays, it's vital that we understand your student body and also understand the kids that you play. I think that's one of the things that understanding your community, 
uh, going from Fernandina Beach High School to John F. Kennedy High School was there were just two different environments. You had, uh, and then even even in uh, in Florida, you get kids that uh, you know maybe lived in a very well off you know uh, beachside community, and others that had to kind of come in that were a little bit more inner city, and so it was a great mix of kids. And I think here and and any school that you're at to understand your demographics, understand your community, uh, but to more important to be open because our society is changing. If you don't tell the truth. They're going to go on the internet and find their own truth and they're going to find out what's out there what's right what's wrong and it's it's our job or at least our role i think is to help mentor at least foster the communication and be open to it one of the mistakes that i think we can make as leaders is kind of deferring it and well it's not in my locker room it is it's in america's locker room and so when, when i sit there and i look at what we do as coaches is important that we go out uh, and create the sportsmanship and respecting your opponents and and seeing them for, as opponents, not as uh, individual people, but also know that within your community and within your team, uh, especially if it's a very diverse, that everybody has their own backgrounds and beliefs. So, you know, when I was at the, my last school, uh, we uh, I would talk about that to our kids, you know, and, and especially when we talked about, you know, the, the George Floyd incident is, you know, in America, what I and I talk to a lot of moms and dads is I, I tell them, I go, I don't want you to ever be a statistic. I, I don't want that to happen to you. And and like I said, and to say that it's not happening, it is happening. We see it in the media just now with social media. We get to see it firsthand. And so it's important that we address it, that it's not the elephant in the room. Uh, you know, I, I just think that it's one of those proud moments uh, where you can have a true impact and know that you are what I would consider the ground level of social awareness is we are the first ones that are going to raise our kids to know that we do have differences, but it's not because of the skin color or because of your uh, preference or because of your religion that we're all in this for one purpose and that to, to create better people. And, and the fun part is to win some games, you know, and so I think that's a very important part is just to be uh, be aware of your kids. And that goes back to relationships. Know your locker room, know what the kids are saying, and make sure that you have a clear communication uh, with those kids because they're going to tell you what's happening. Uh, whether it's with another school or on your campus, you're going to know. There's no secrets. In you. And coaches, we're the worst at keeping secrets. And so uh, that that's kind of where I feel that we have a, an important role of at least setting that foundation and setting the, the leadership style to understand that uh, that we need to expand our locker room to, to our community and to our, our city and our state and our country. Yeah. Again, you bring up such a great point, you know, sports, you know, the sporting experience, the kids, the coaching, the games, the locker room, you name it. it it's a ready made platform for all of those things that you talked about, you know, the relationships, you know, the respecting others, um, but coaches have that responsibility to make sure they're using it, you know, utilizing it and, and, and maximizing it. So uh, really cool stuff. Pete, I keep calling you Pete because that's why I called you for years. But uh, Pedro, this has been more than cool uh, spending this time with you, uh, you know, catching up a little bit and hearing how things are going for you. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, now we've established that you certainly know your way around the world of athletics, but in just a minute, 
I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. Uh, we're going to take another quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack that sponsor the toolbox segment. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Pedro Padilla is going to put in his athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the athletic director toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. We use surveys for years at our schools, and they were just fantastic. 95% um, of the time, they come back overwhelmingly positive from parents and kids, but they can also help identify that squeaky wheel parent that maybe just needs an opportunity to vent. And who knows, maybe even will point out something that you as an athletic director want to take a deeper look at and help avoid a small issue from turning into a big one. Go to athleticsurveys.com or send them an email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, well, it's that time. Uh, we've been visiting with uh, Pedro Padilla, the athletic coordinator at Holmes High School in San Antonio, Texas. Um, again, he's got a tremendous uh, athletic background, a player, a coach, and as an administrator. But now we're going to ask him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let him put three tools in their toolbox. Pedro Padilla, what three things are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? Well, you know, and, and as we do, we steal from others. And, you know, the best advice is the one I would give any new uh, director is it's, it's not a marathon. Uh, excuse me, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Uh, I think anytime we get into a position, we feel like we have to, to run through it and get everything done. And, and so that's the important part. Then the second one, and maybe it's probably the best one, is, is the communication. Uh, learning how to communicate, uh, learning how to listen, and make sure that it's 100% it's of what you truly mean. Because I think those are important. They go a long way. And I think the last one, uh, I say the last one, one of the other things is make sure going into this position that you have uh, empathy and love. You love what you do. You love the coaches you work with. You love the environment you, you want to create. Uh, and more importantly, you love the kids. And, and those decisions you make uh, will be based on that. And, and I think the, the, the last one is uh, just uh, have integrity. I, I think that gets lost in society today. Uh, I think, especially since we are trying to hire teachers and coaches, we just want to create a great environment for people to come to work. And, and we don't want it to be a job. You know, we always say this is not a job. This is our lifestyle. We want to create that. It's, it's our obligation as athletic directors and coordinators to create the life that you had that made you want to be a, a coach and as a coordinator. And I was very blessed because of that. And I think I want to continue that, that when people come to my campus, they go, you know what? I like working on our campus. I love working for our kids. And, and I was glad I was here because ultimately it's your family environment that you're going to create away from your family at home. And so 
to me, those are the things is just to, uh, to just keep things in perspective of, of what, uh, what your role is and, and, and take it seriously, but also know that at the end of the day, you, you still have, uh, to another day to, to move on and to be better every day. Uh, great stuff. And, uh, you actually came up with a, a unique tool. We've done over 300 interviews and uh, no one's ever put the tool in of, uh, uh, they've talked about patience, but they've never said, you know, hey, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So uh, that's going to be going into the third edition of the Athletic Director's Toolbox. Pete, I didn't do this when we did our best practices. So I, I definitely want to do it now. If one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, find out a little bit more, What's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, email is always the best. Uh, I can tell you it's at uh, Pedro, P-E-D-R-O dot Padilla, P-A-D-I-L-L-A at N-I-S-D dot N-E-T. And I'm more than welcome to reach out to anybody. It's the best way. Uh, and I, that's what I get my information on is I call other people and I'm blessed. I've coached all over the country. And so I have a lot of relationships out there. And so uh, people are just a text or a phone call or, an email away. Well, again, listeners, I encourage you to follow up with that. Uh, you know, I can attest to, uh, you know, Pete's knowledge and his willingness to share, you know, great stuff. Pedro Padilla, thanks so much for being on the podcast and all the best uh, moving forward this year. Thank you. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. And we want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. Remember, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Mm -hmm.